Mensha. Mensha. I feel quite annoyed that we missed the biggest news in like of our podcast. How do you mean? Well, what, not, what news have we Actually, it's not, it's, it's not our news. But I feel like something, someone who we have championed on our podcast got a really big job a couple of weeks ago. Did they? Yes. Oh, yes, they did. So yes. I'm thinking like in our personal life. Like, <laughs> someone who we've talked about on the podcast has got a new, who's got a new job. I can't think of anyone who's got a new job. But yeah, um, Eric from Sex Education, otherwise known as Shooty Gatway, has got a new job. He has. <laughs> Um, he's new. He's well. He's not. I always. I always think there's a thing about this. He's not Doctor Who, is he? He's the Doctor. He's Doctor. And Who. I don't even know Doctor Who lore that much, but I know that he's the Doctor. But yes. he's not. He's not known as Doctor Who, is he? The show is Doctor Who. Yeah. I like things like that. I like to be precise. <laughs> yeah. All right. Mark's looking at me now, going, "Yes, yes, you do." <laughs> but anyway, he's going to be the Doctor in Doctor Who. Which is amazing. And you made me do sort of like one of those awful tests where you came into the kitchen and you said to me, the new Doctor Who's being announced. And I went, all right, who is it? And you then gave me a quiz of like, right, like think think of things. I was like, right, are they young? Are they old? Then I had to go through, are they, are they American? Are they, you know, did all of these You live things. a hard life, don't you? I do you? have a hard life, Mark. I think you're exactly right there. I was just trying to put the dishwasher away and I was given like a, a quiz but anyway i didn't get it and at the end i just went to you please just tell me who it is and uh and you told me and, and i think it's perfect casting i well and and you do as well i know that already it's one of those yeah. that's so perfect you don't see it coming yeah um i wonder if by all accounts it sounds like he's got it from out of nowhere because he wasn't mentioned at all and he was just absolutely nailed. Well, there's, um, the I saw a, um, an interview with him and Russell T. Davies because they announced it the same day as the BAFTAs. Yes. And they were then together at the BAFTAs and having a lovely time by all accounts because everyone was so excited to speak to them. And they did lots of interviews together. And he said that he had known since February. So it oh, had been wow. a long time. It, it was done and dusted. And it just hadn't been leaked at all, which I find phenomenal. I mean, these things, te- you know, you, and you you know this as well, because you watch the the bookies. Yeah. And you'll always say to me, like at the moment, on the way home in the car today, you were talking to me about who the the um, the, the, the runners and the riders were for the next uh, leader of the Tory party. So we were, we were talking about well, that. What's caused that? Yeah, the conversations happen. Yeah. Bizarre, yeah. Anyway, at no point in time was he on that list. And you do sometimes get people who sneak up, you know, and they think, oh, someone knows something here. Yeah. Uh, Peter Capaldi in the past definitely was someone who came out of nowhere to be like, and then the favourites, and then it was announced, and Peter mm. Capaldi, yeah, it was Peter Capaldi. But yeah, I mean, if you're listening, won't be. Yeah. <laughs> Congratulations. <laughs> I um, think it's brilliant. It's, I got really interested in Doctor Who at the end of the Matt Smith run. Mm-hmm. Um, it was actually hearing about the the storyline which brought in the War Doctor. I thought, wow, that's really, really cool. And I watched all of them in the run-up to the, that must have been the, 45th anniversary or the 50th it was a, anniversary? It was a big anniversary because then we went to the Tyneside Cinema Yes, and we watched um, one of the episodes on... It was the big, anniversary was one. The anniversary it's 50th one? anniversary because yeah. I think it's 60th this year. And so. we watched it on the big screens, didn't we? Yes. With lots of other... Um, well, lots of 
fans of Doctor Who who were much greater fans than us. There was someone dressed as a Dalek, if I remember. There was. Um, yeah. So, so there was, uh, yeah, there was a lot going on, a lot of people's scarves. And yes. it was really enjoyable, actually. It was, yeah, um, it was. But, yeah, I forget that we, we'd watched it and we got so into it that we'd actually gone to the cinema to see mm. that, that show in. Ah, those were the days, weren't they, love, where you could just bob off to the cinema and you didn't really have to think about anything else. Novelty one at yeah. the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's great. But it's yeah, really I'll, I'll, I'll definitely watch it because I felt like I couldn't really get into Peter, the Peter Capaldi era and I don't know why. And I started the Jodie Whittaker. I nearly called her Jodie Foster. I'd started the Jodie Whittaker. Cool. I know, that would be good. And uh, I just couldn't get into it. I couldn't get into the storylines. The characters were great. I love Jodie Whittaker. I think she's she's wonderful. I do and too. Per- perfect. <laughs> yes, left. yes, love. I think you like her for a different reason. But she was perfect. Again, perfect casting. And then... I just couldn't get into the into the plot lines, and I'm I'm sad because I really quite enjoy a Doctor Who. I I you know I'm I'm a fan. Is it because Bradley Walsh? Yes, Bradley Walsh is a national treasure. Where that came from, I don't know, but Careful. he is now. He Careful. is now. He's not. <laughs> the chair. I like the chase, but it's we it, like the chase. He's no Richard Osman. <laughs> yeah, true, true. Well, I think they're very, they're very different characters, but both equally beloved. So we're gonna do. Some telly, but we're going to do, and I'm saying this for me rather than for anyone listening. We're going to do telly fairly quickly because yeah. the the majority of the programs we have we've not seen together. So we want to do it swiftly and briefly. And Mark has told me this many times before we've come on the podcast, just so we can get through them quite quickly. Because if one person hasn't watched uh, w- watched the show, then it becomes uh, another person's monologue. So we're going to do that. We're going to do The Staircase, Russian Doll, and Our Father. Am I right? That's not in TV. Is that not in TV? No, that's a film. Okay. I thought it was TV. Isn't it on Netflix? Yeah, it's a Netflix film. It's All a, right, it's, okay. It's an hour and a half long documentary. It's a film. Right. Really? I would have I would have put that in I would have put that in TV. It doesn't really matter either way, does it? But I wouldn't, yeah. Okay, well, we can put it in TV if can that's what you really want. Can we put it really in TV? Want. Yeah. Let's put Most it... people have these editorial decisions off. I mean, we did have that editorial decision off, off camera. I don't remember but, uh... that. I don't remember that. We're on camera, are we? <laughs> Shut oh, up. It's that sort of night, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. And then we're going to do one film that we have both seen separately. Obviously, anyone who's ever listened to the podcast will know we have to go to the pictures separately now. So we've been to see everything, everywhere, all at once. And I have to say it that slowly because I get it wrong. Let's go into telly. Watching television, watching television. Do you want me to start with the staircase? Start with the staircase. So many, many years ago, I watched a documentary on Netflix, funnily enough, speaking of which, a Netflix documentary called The Staircase, which was about an American man called Michael Peterson who was suspected of killing his wife, Kathleen Peterson. So was it... Just out of interest, was mm. this original Netflix uh, documentary? Was it was it the multiple episodes like Making a Murderer? Yes, or it was. It... Oh right, because that's it actually was. a TV program rather than a film. <laughs> Let it go. No. Let it go. Anyway, documentary, much like Making a Murderer, really at the time I remember people just raving about it and saying that it was so compelling and I think it really was that start of that true crime documentary and that in-depth true crime documentary as well not just an hour on BBC2 it was something where they followed the people you got to see you know you got to see behind 
doors that were normally closed, you were in their house watching them look at the crime scene. You were seeing the jurors coming to the property to look at the scene of the crime. You were following it in essentially in real time. Although obviously the events were were a while ago, you 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 got you've got a real face on. What's your face? No 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 no. You carry on. I'll I'll cut to this at the end. All right, because you put me off. Okay, right. So I'm looking up when it was out because mm. I was interested to know whether it was before or after serial, which I think okay. was what really really put um, true crime true into crime. the document yeah. into popular culture. And of course, serial was a podcast. Yes, mm. but I think. A lot of the fact that we get wall-to-wall true crime at the minute is mm-hmm. it can all re- re- be yeah, traced back to back. that. Mm-hmm. So I was interested to see if it was before because I okay. know that it was that it was making a murder and probably the uh, uh, the the was it the, the jinx? Jinx, the which jinx, I've not seen yeah. and I don't know anything about. But I've said yeah. I've heard everyone say don't know about it. I don't know anything, it. but I've watched yeah. it without knowing anything about it. It was brilliant. So the thing I'm confused about about mm-hmm. the staircase is I won the IMDb pitch yeah. for it. And it says TV series 2004 to 2018. Right. Now... That can't be right, surely. Maybe that's sort of the dates. Ah, right. I think that's the dates of how no, what that's, it that's not, covers. No, it's not. No? no? That, that's not how IMDb works. Okay. Um, <laughs> right, so... Or did they come back for another episode? But that would be pre-Netflix. So this was oh. a... So it looks like this staircase was a documentary in 2004. So presumably it was a TV documentary. Mm-hmm. Then it came back for Reopen the Case in 2013. Right. And then it came back in 2018 for In Search for Resolution. Okay. So it's actually been in three stages. Okay. Well, it was a French documentary team that was behind it. So maybe that's the background oh, that I don't understand. Right. That it, it was potentially shown elsewhere before it made its way to Netflix. But it was certainly when it came on Netflix was where people, perhaps um, in this country in particular, got to know more about it. Right. Okay. But I don't know the full background. But I, I now know, and I didn't at the time, I now know through watching the staircase that we're going to talk about now it all gets very confusing the tv show that's a fictional Mm. show based on the documentary that's what we're going to talk about now they go into that documentary and how it was created and that's how i know that it was a french documentary team when i watched it on netflix i did not know that yeah it was shown it was created by canal plus yes which is a french tv um, channel. Yes. And it is, it was shown on BBC4 in the UK as part of the Storyville documentary series and on the Sundance channel in the UK, wow. uh, in the USA. Honey, you know how we said we would do this really quickly because yeah, we're, sorry. yeah. No, I'm, I'm not, confused. no, I'm not saying, I'm not saying like, you need to be sorry. I'm saying you know more about it than I do. And that's why, yeah, it's actually really good to have your input on it. And okay. I wish you'd watched this with me. Because I, but but then at the same time, okay, I'm going to go back a bit. Let's start from the basics. There was a documentary in various guises yes, <laughs> on various places, as, as you've established. Now we've got Colin Firth playing Michael Peterson. Yes. And we've got Tony Collette playing Kathleen Peterson. And then various other people like Dane DeHaan, Sophie Turner. I think there's a Schwarzenegger in there somewhere as well, playing the children and the the family members. 
having seen the documentary and having sort of remembered major parts of the documentary and thinking my thoughts about whether the person was guilty or not guilty. Yes. I did not want to watch this fictionalised version of the documentary. I thought to myself, what on earth is this going to add? We've got a brilliant documentary here. Why are we now showing this fictionalised version? What more can I get from this? And I waited and waited and I listened to um, other podcasts talking about it and giving relatively good reviews. Some people who hadn't seen the documentary, some people who had. And then one day I just couldn't think of anything else to watch. I think I might have been in by myself or something like that. And I just thought, you know what? I'll put 10 minutes of it on and I'll hate it and I'll not watch it again. And I watched the whole episode. Then I watched episode two. And then I put the uh, tablet on as I carried around the house doing things. And so for the next few days, I just absolutely binge watch this program because they put so many on because I was so so behind it's a brilliant show it's a brilliant show Colin Firth he plays the character so well I've seen the adverts and he's almost unrecognisable in Mm. this he doesn't appear to be standard Colin Firth I'm stood in a pond it's like he's just completely inhabited the role of this guy who I watched you you get to see him in quite a lot of detail in the documentary Mm. as you would imagine He's completely inhabited. The voices, as in the mannerisms. Um, Tony Collette doesn't get as much to do because obviously she's playing a, a character who, well, a real person who very sadly died. But we have flashbacks and we have additions to the story. That there is more here because in a fictionalized version, of course, you can you can do more. You can make things up. Yeah. You know, and there there is a question mark over what is reality and what has been created for the purposes of of this tv show i find it incredibly compelling there are things about the trial that didn't make its way into the documentary that this show talks about there's all this additional information about the documentary team that talks about but the one thing that i really wanted to focus on was the fact that it is incredibly unsettling and i feel very very uncomfortable with the level of violence and the explicit nature of a number of the scenes around the death of of Kathleen Peterson. There are lingering shots of large amounts of blood. There are lingering shots of post-mortems. There are multiple scenes where you are watching someone die. And even in fiction, this would be hard, but when you know it's a real person, I think there's that additional ethical question. Okay, is this... The multiple scenes, is this sort of speculation as to how this happened? Yeah. Yes. I can imagine that... You can imagine the device, can't you? You can imagine the device. In fiction, you you can do that. So it is unsettling. And actually, Kathy from The Cinemile, she spoke about that really openly on The Cinemile's Instagram page and on their review of The Staircase yeah. as well. And I completely agree with what she's saying. You you, you just don't want to look. And she talked about having fast-forwarded through various scenes. And I recall doing that as well. Just a quick sort of like 10-second, like, I just don't want to see this. And maybe I don't want to see it because... I know that a woman lost her life and under whatever circumstances, but I know that she lost her life. And it's, so it feels 
exploitative to to go down that route. Okay, right, because you would. It's hard. It's I was going to say, yeah. in, in an odd way, you were selling this to me. Yes. Which, and it's that reminder that this is a real person. Yes. It's not just a challenging piece of fiction. Yes. It is a real person, and that's it. And and I yeah. think you will get that with every type of true crime. You will you will I, with making a murderer. The the there were so many people who met a tragic end. And it was real, you know. You, you get that with documentary. You get, and so that's why it's so hard. I'm, I'm I'm stumbling because it's so hard. And it's where do you draw the line? Well, I think this is part of the problem I have with true crime because mm. I'm I'm very bored of it. As you mm. as you be, I aware. know you know. Well, you've said that loads of times, haven't you? Because and, I always go back to the the documentaries. And I do think it sort of fetishizes the the murder side mm. of things. You know, like. I can't name the person who was featured in season one of Serial, but I can, you know, and I listen to that all the time, but I can't take, I can't say, I don't know what her name is. It's just, it's not about the victim. It's about, it's more about the, oh, let's look at the clues. Oh, what happened in the woods? And Mm -hmm. yeah, someone, yeah. And I think that's why, that's why it's just not for me. Um, And a fictionalised version, Still, it's not. I know. Mm. I I think you would enjoy this. I think that it's it's a thriller. It's a did they do it? Didn't they do it? Style. The acting is brilliant from everyone involved, yeah. and there are lots of mo- moments of, oh my god, you know, there's there's some real cliffhangers, and you're never quite sure where it's going. Even for me, who's someone who's watched the documentary, I'm still thinking, wow, that's a twist that I didn't didn't see coming. Mm. It is a brilliant piece of work. I think there just has to be that warning over it that there are a number of scenes where the cam the camera lingers in a way that is uncomfortable, and I think that that is something that probably happens multiple times on on these uh, on these shows. But it really felt it felt like it was just more than usual in okay. this one. Okay. Can I talk about Our Father? Yes, Seeing as that apparently Another this is... Netflix documentary. <laughs> yes, filmed this time, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, anyway. all right, all right. So, this is the most Elaine thing I've reviewed on this podcast. <laughs> and I don't... This was... I was looking for something to watch, and I put on Netflix, and this was, like, the first big thing. And obviously, Netflix don't really promote a lot of things outside of their app. They rely on the placement of things on their app to kind of do it. And I was like, oh, okay, this looks interesting. Now... You know a little bit about this, don't yeah, you? Yeah, I do. Um, yeah. But the story is, there was a girl who, growing up, found out that she had been... Um, that her mother had used a sperm donor. Uh, back in the early 80s, maybe late 70s. Uh, so she wanted to know a bit more about it. Was found dead end because of data laws so use one of those 23andme dna kits people doing that now as well yeah and that can be so that's allegedly so accurate now that when she clicked on it she found she had seven brothers and seven half siblings now sperm donors in that part of america should are limited to donating three times because you don't want to be bumping into yeah yeah, someone and yeah finding that they are a half sibling of yours um unintentionally or for whatever reason so it's a bit weird but anyway you know like carry on so she got speaking to these other people you can i've done i've never used 23 and me but apparently you can get in contact with people and stuff like that and found out and this isn't a spoiler because this is made very clear it's in the title of the the, the doc yeah (laughs) that's 
they spoke to someone who was one on the outer circ- outer skirts of the family and found out that part one of the names in their family circle was the name of the fertility doctor that was used. This is this is all in the first scene in this is a reconstruction of a doctor giving himself a little treat in his office. Oh, so nice. yeah, yeah, it, it's it's done from behind. You don't, yeah, but okay. it's yeah, but yeah, still, yeah. As this goes on, as people start using this service, you get to understand just how much this is. Th- th- this is was that going on. Stem. Yes, yeah. It doesn't stop with these seven people. Yeah, that think, way. yeah. But this is... <laughs> this is not the sort of thing that I would imagine that you would watch. This, like you say, has me written all over it. Yeah. Why did you feel well, compelled because, to watch that? I mean, it's, it's a 90-minute documentary. It might be two hours. Mm-hmm. It's, it's it's an easy watch. It's it's not the best documentary. Like, this is it, this is Netflix documentaries in a nutshell. Like, you you only get one side of this story. And of course you do. There is a combination of reconstruction and archival phone calls and archival videos and things from the court cases and things like that. But you never hear from one side from one side of things. You know, you can. I was kind of ex- so much to the point where I was kind of expecting someone to say, "Oh, and he like a clip and at the yeah, end, he died." He nope, died. Just mm. not interested in being in this. Well, yeah, thing. yeah. It's an interesting story, and it's absolutely horrific, and it's. There is problems with the US just judicial system. Mm. This won't be news to most people mm. listening. But what he did was not technically illegal at, at points, and they really had to script the barrel. And it doesn't just stop with it doesn't just stop it, the crimes do not just stop with someone who is seeking a sperm donor. There is just even worse things that happen as part of this. It's alright. And the weird thing is, I don't feel like watching it, and that's very odd for me. Because, like, you know, this, like, would, this would normally be the thing that I would run to. But it just, I don't feel that interested in it. It's just a very, very average, one-sided, mm-hmm. one-side-the-story documentary. Um, it, it doesn't, it, it kind of hints at certain points about the motivation. Because that's what you're interested in. psychology of it. That's what I would be interested in. But it's purely speculation because mm. it's based on... Other, you know, it's oh well, I, I found out he once went to, and met with this person and blah 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 blah. Okay. I mean, he sounds like a horrible man. Don't oh, yeah, get me well, wrong. Obviously, he is. Yeah, and you know, made but, some very awful life choices. But, uh, and, so which yes. have had consequences, really extensive consequences for people. It's absolutely tragic what has happened mm. to these people. These people have had their, you know, their lives torn apart by yeah. the fact that this violation of their, you know, their expectations. Yeah. yeah, it's trust, isn't yeah, it? It's a absolutely. Breach of trust. Yeah. But. Yeah, so, it's out there. Yeah. yeah I <laughs> not necessarily recommend maybe if you were really interested in that you know, that really DNA. Into... Well no, like do, what, you what, know what are you gonna be interested in? I don't know. I'm just thinking like sort of medic medically or or I'm now going down the academic path of thinking, well if you're interested in a breach of trust or you know, those sorts of things. Maybe mm. maybe if you didn't know the story. Well, you've just listened to my... Uh, yeah, if you've forgotten yeah. everything I've just said, then yeah, maybe, maybe check <laughs> it out. Right. No, it's, it's not presented No, it, yeah, okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, but yeah, it, I get the feeling look, it's not a recommendation. It is. It's, it's, oh, is it's, it? Oh, it's, it's, a, it's a three-star oh, average... A yeah. Yeah. Okay. 
Russian Doll Season 2. Russian Doll Season 2, we need to speak about this. I don't understand why you've stopped watching it. Because we got into Episode 2, we watched Episode 2, we were really excited about about Mm. it, having loved Season 1. And then I was saying to you, can we watch the next one? Can we watch the next one? You didn't really feel like it. And then it became apparent to me that you really didn't feel like it. And I was saying to you, well, can I watch it? And you were like, yeah, I'm going to zone out. I'm going to sit on my laptop and watch some football and you can watch it. And I was really, really surprised. Why have you left season two so early? What's not working for you? Without obviously going into into major spoilers. Well, okay, can we talk about the conceit of season two? I think we need to talk about it. The reason I haven't gone into what is Russian Doll, for example, is because I'm really nervous about talking about the concept. Okay, I think I think. Can you do it? I think season one is fair game. Yeah. Well, yes. Yeah. So season one is Mm. Natasha Leone at a party. I think is it a thirty-fifth birthday? Yeah, it's her birthday. Yeah, it's her birthday. Um, she stuff happens and well, she goes she, into the bathroom. Yes, and she keeps on appearing back at the bathroom. <laughs> yeah. It's a Groundhog Day. It's Groundhog Day. It's a time loop, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, and we loved it. Absolutely we loved really it. Really loved it. I think I've it never was... seen anything like it. I have. I've seen Groundhog Day. I've seen no, not yeah. not in this. It's, it's, mm. This is a, this is led by a woman. This is her production. This is Natasha Leone at her most Natasha Leone. The dialogue is phenomenal. The people are so interesting. And this could get really, really boring. This whole idea of, oh, look, she's back in the back. Oh, look, she's running the day again. But I thought it was absolutely phenomenal. And quite rightly, it got written up in all the all the newspapers, all the people were raving about this. It's And the best thing about it, <laughs> not the best thing, but one of the best things about it was it was only sort of 30-odd minutes, That's, wasn't it? Yeah. So it was so tightly scripted. And... The, it was full of surprises. Mm. But her performance, her central performance, I think is w- one of the greatest performances I've, I've seen for a, ve- for a very Mark. long time. Yeah, I know, but, but I'm really invested in her. I think she is brilliant. I've got a lot of time for Natasha Leone. Mm. Um, I, like, from... She was always the most interesting one in American Pie for me. Totally. Uh, because she was just rising above it all. It's like Micra and the Young Ones. Yeah. Like, yeah. I've seen a film of hers recently. Hey. called um She produced called, oh, I want to say Crush. It was kind of like a oh, you modern American yeah. pie thing. And I, I really love the but fact that... Was it um, a storyline where it involved two women? It's... Yeah, essentially, it is uh, an LGBTQ plus mm, version of American it, yeah. Pie where... And it's just, you know don't need a 40 year old man to say how how yeah. refreshing it is to see but and, and she was the was she the director of that no she was she was a producer she and i think she was she probably had some writing she might have had some writing as well but yeah it, i mean it was a lovely lovely little film to mm. see it's it's very televisual for a, for a film and it's disney mm. plus and stuff like that but yeah it's it's a lot of fun um so going back to the plot of this then we could say that it, in, it involves time then season 2 <laughs> Yeah, is that okay? Yes. To, to say, yeah. I think that's right. There so, is a different a, conceit. There is a different conceit, but once again, we are looking at the concept mm. of time and we are playing with time. I think that's all I want to go into because yeah. I I really hate it when you know people sort of give give away what might be in sort of episode six or what might be coming coming down the line. 
And so reading between the lines, I'm thinking that you just don't like this new conceit. It's not that I don't like it. I just, I don't find it interesting. Wow. Um, and I, for me, I think Natasha Leon's character in the first season is brilliant, as are a couple of other characters mm. who... Like her, her friends. Yeah, yeah. Not, not so much her oh, friends. Okay. I okay. found them quite grating at times. Okay. Well, yes, they are. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I think <laughs> well, it's, she is as well. it's other characters that she meets doing? partway through okay. that I found interesting. Yeah. I think in this instance, the drive of the story is not pulling me. There is, I can, yeah, I'm being very careful what yeah, I say yeah, here. Yeah. I don't find the story they're telling interesting and I find some of the Am I going to sound funny, Diddy? If I say I find some of her actions quite irresponsible. Yeah, yeah. And yes, I, you are. yes, but yes, you are. And but, I know that's the point. But that's the whole point, isn't it? And I think if you had carried on, which is going to be my point, if you had carried on, because I agree, some of the the plot lines in mm. the first couple of episodes, I was thinking, oh, not where is this going? Because I saw where it was going, and I thought that was interesting, but what she was doing wasn't particularly interesting. But what those first two episodes are doing, if you carry on, which I have, is it's setting up what is to come and it gets deeper and deeper and we go to places, and I'm talking physically as well as emotionally, that I think are so powerful. And I want to say loads more about it, but I can't. But it's so powerful that it adds such a different dimension to season one. It it makes season one look quite fluffy, whereas season two is really delving into family and history and geopolitical situation. You know, we're, we're really going much, much deeper in season two in a way that I am finding, someone who's nearly on the last episode, because I keep watching it and then watching it and watching it, I am finding very power, powerful and in, impactful. And I I like that it's gone in a... not a, It's not a different... It's just, they're the same people. It's the same characters that we're looking at. But I like this deeper, more meaningful side to the show. I would have hated for it to just be oh, she's in another time loop. Do you know what I mean? I don't want another time loop. Mm. But equally, I'm not sure I signed up for deeper, more powerful. Okay. And I think now you meant that might be the problem. It's that I've left a really entertaining show, mm-hmm. which was probably a comedy, you know, oh, like yeah, more definitely. than anything else. Um, and it's now gone into a more of a drama. Yes. Um, yeah. Yeah. There are comedic moments but it's and the dialogue is still absolutely beautifully on point it is it is and i totally agree with that and it might be that i return back to it at a different mm. time and just mm. you know when i get I'd have something a little half hour but something wasn't drawing me to it and i think yeah. that's it it's it's the the whole purpose of the show has absolutely just changed on on it, a, on a, it has yeah, yeah. I, th- I think you've hit the nail on the head i think you wanted I'm trying not to put words in my mouth, but I think you wanted that vibey, exciting, she's at a party, what's going to happen? She's out on the streets of New York, where where are we mm. going to go this half ep- yeah. half an hour? And you get the, where are we going to go for this half an hour? But you get it in a, a much deeper, more emotional, much more reflective 
side of things and that's that's com- tonally is very different to what we were we were looking at in season one so I, th- I, th- I think you've absolutely I think that's, hit yeah. it yeah I think oh, we worked I, out I between understand. us I understand when you yeah. asked me the question I didn't know why yeah. I, why it wasn't that working for me that makes more sense yeah um, yeah I think go, come back to it at a later date where maybe your mind shifted to go oh I'm not gonna be watching this really fun yeah thing. there are I'm not saying that it's down or anything but there are moments where I particularly in some of the later episodes where it it was really quite hard hitting and that's not what your brain is tuned in for. It took me three goes to get into Breaking Bad purely because I went into it thinking it was going to be Malcolm in the Middle, but in the in the thing of a high school teacher selling uh, making drugs, and I thought it was going to be like a, a standard comedy, and I was that's what blindsided me there. And obviously, it's one of the greatest shows of all time. Like not even Mark thing. That is just well, I acknowledge that Breaking Bad is one of the greatest shows of all time. But yeah, it took me three or four goes to get into it. Um, but yeah, um, so you know, th- there is hope for it. Yeah, um, and, and I it's a strong agree. recommend from me. Okay, and certainly if you haven't seen season one, go back and watch that, and then be prepared for season two to be something different. I I, I don't know whether it's it's going to come back for season season three, for example. I've not seen the last episode. I've seen um, the penultimate episode today. Uh, and I've, I'm trying to hold off watching the last one because I've watched some of them a bit too quickly. Uh, because they're half an hour, you can fit them in on a lunchtime. You can yeah. fit them in where you're putting the washing out. You know, that sort of thing. If you're working from home, it's really easy to sort of take the tablet with you when you're on a break. And I've probably done a bit too much of that and missed out on certain things. I, I kind of wish I hadn't consumed it quite so quickly. So yeah. I'm going to give it a break and then watch the last episode. So I don't know if, if, if it's a cliffhanger, if it's... Um, thinking about though whether this is you know two and out, um, but I I really do recommend this. I think these are, are brilliant shows, and you know at the beginning it's it is, again it's the Natasha Leone fan club. It's you know acted by Natasha, written by Natasha, produced by Natasha. Yeah, brilliant, you know the representation of women um, has come a long way. I think, and such a as someone who was, all, well, almost a child star, you know like. You wouldn't have necessarily picked that she'd be the one still, yeah, as the one of the most influential people in Hollywood at, at the at the moment, um, out of the whole American Pie I think crew. She's such an interesting woman, and I'm really pleased that this is where her career's taken her. Mm, absolutely, and well, and <laughs> don't need me, but obviously someone who's had some well documented troubles in her yeah, past yeah. as well, and has yeah, and has now come out the other side, mm-hmm. yeah. Should we talk about some films? Or a film? <laughs> a film. Everything, everywhere, all at once. Oh, well, you can say it really fast. Well, I haven't quite mastered it yet. I have seen this film twice now. <laughs> I forgot about that. I went and saw it because it was... Is one of them films that ki- that comes out in America and mm. everyone raves about, and it happens once every couple of years where something will come out, everyone raves about it, all the podcasts talk about it, and everyone says, right, you need to avoid this and go in with as little knowledge as possible. So then I have to wait for two months. I mean, the last one was probably Parasite, where that happened. I went and saw it. It was a 
it wasn't our local cinema, so I had to go to a different cinema to watch it. I mean, it's fancy I mean, inconvenience. Yeah. And then it seems like it's become such a success that it has opened further. It's gone to our local cinema. And so I went back this weekend because nothing else is opening this mm. week, uh, last weekend. And you went too. Yeah, I went a couple of days later, didn't I? Again, at, that, at our local cinema. So, yes, it was... Uh... Why are, you, why are you looking up at the sky? I'm just trying to work out how to explain how much I love this film to you. Oh, right. Okay. I thought you were going to say that I got the date wrong or no. something like, like that. But yeah, you've been to see it twice. I've been to see it once. And like you say, the American podcast of your... Um, is it still called the Slash Filmcast or is it just the Filmcast It's the Filmcast. It's the Filmcast now. So Filmcast, did film spotting? were they talking uh, about yes, it Yes, they as have well? done. Every, um, everyone ev- everyone that I listen to has all, done it. All the, sort of the American film podcasts that, that we listen to have been raving about it and that's the only reason I've heard about it as well. And then people kept going on about this A24 thing. And you know, sometimes I don't pick up on these sort of these background details. Yeah. But... I understand A24 is a production company. Um, is it sort of like a more lower budget? No, I it's very right? art house. Okay. So they would pick up things that wouldn't necessarily be picked up elsewhere. So it's it's things, it covers many different genres. So they did, for example, Hereditary and Midsummer. So they're in okay. the horror in mode. horror, yeah. Like... like prestige horror but mm-hmm. they've also do things such as what's the adam sandler thing that's oh uncut gems yeah uncut gems right. um, okay. okay so not sort of not the sort of the low budget that i'm thinking of this is more the the independent independent yeah un- unusual yeah it has become some men that's coming out soon. Oh, it's near twenty four film. So now I'm hearing about this A twenty. Oh, it's yeah. an A twenty four, isn't it? That's the Lighthouse and the Green Knight, for example. Oh yeah, they are. They yeah. are unusual, aren't they? And so it, it has become a brand in itself. Um, it in ways that a production company don't normally do. Um, but yeah, this is the latest release of theirs. Um, and you love it because you, I've been to it twice. Given the game away, but isn't. <laughs> I don't know the last time I went to see a film twice at the cinema. No, it might be Inception. Mm. It might be Inception. It might be... Mine's Avatar. I went to see that about four times. I mean, that's I love eight days of your life that you're I not going to get it. back. I love it so much. Yeah, it's probably... Unless I've been to see something... Then, oh, actually, I've probably been to see it. I, I know things I've been to see the cinema twice. What? Uh, it's been a couple of films where I've gone like... gone on the opening day and then gone with someone else because oh, I oh yes, 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 yes yeah 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 uh, just <laughs> because they were like do you want to go see it and I'm like yes, yes. but I'm not going to say I've already been so yeah um, but yeah that's yeah I so c- before we go into your yeah. thoughts can I tell you my thoughts that's on what that I'm, spoiler that's what free thoughts said. yeah that's what I've just said so for me this is one of those experiences where. I think this is a complete film in that I cry at this film, I laugh at this film, I am touched, it makes me think. And it's all dressed up in a really, really lightweight package. It's not necessarily like Inception where you are, oh God, who's, whose dream are we in at the minute? And mm. are we eight dreams deep or are we just mm. seven? It's, it's present, it's, Doing high-level concepts, and the multiverse is something that's been used quite a lot recently, mainly through Marvel, um, and 
a little bit of DC and a bit more coming in the Flash if that ever gets released now. But so I think the audiences on a whole are more familiar with parallel universes and the concept of multiverses than they would have been, say, three years ago. I think it probably all started through Rick and Morty. Um, was the first time I can imagine think this coming out into the into the mainstream and the massive counterculture around Rick and Morty, obviously. But this explains the concept really well. You are never in any doubt about what's happening, where's happening, why something is happening. When we visit a multiverse, we see quite often see why this has happened and how this has started. I think it doesn't need me to say that the performances I think are brilliant. But there are I've I've not been in a performance at the cinema where people have laughed out loud as much as they did in my in my screening. The first round I went to, it was half empty, half full, half empty, mm. but there were plenty of seats. And some the people who were selling tickets had done that annoying thing where they booked someone in right next to me, and it was two older women, and they came and sat down next to me, and they did that thing of like, oh apologising to me for going to move to another empty seat and like look no I'm more than happy for you to move and give me a bit more space so I can put my coffee down next to next to me and I was like I literally thought they've come to the wrong film and they were crying laughing all the way through they had a lovely time don't know whether they got the full science fiction <laughs> aspect of it um, but for me this is one of those films that I got to bat for, I have text friends and gone, you need to see this film. It is by far the best multiverse film in the cinema at the minute. Um, I liked Doctor Strange. This is infinitely better than it. Um, everything, everywhere, all at once, better than it. And I really recommended you to go see it. And I am petrified <laughs> at your response. Because all the way through... I'm thinking, well, in a review of the Multiverse of Badness, Liam was, Liam was like, oh, I'd love to spend time in these other multiverses. And so it works that way. But you don't really like weird films mm. and bizarre films. Yeah. Your reaction to the trailer for The Lobster comes to mind. Oh, yeah. God, I just... No. Mm. Um, yeah, and I think this may be where I come unstuck with this film. Because I can totally see why people are giving it five stars. And it's getting, like, five stars across the board, isn't it? Yes. You know, apart from there might be a few... I, I understand there's a few, like, really dissenting dissenting views, you know, that are popping up in, in the minority. Famously, there was one that went viral saying, I can't believe this has just ripped off... Um, <laughs> Doctor Strange. Doctor, uh, well, the the uh, MCU. Oh, the um, no, um, Spider-Man as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> one star, and I will not be going to see this. And it's like, wow. That's... Yeah, yeah, well, well, well done. that person. Marvel invented parallel universes. I'm not that person. I totally understand where people are coming from. It is inventive. It is full of, I'm just going to call it flavour. There is so much flavour to this. There are things that made me feel, and I'm not just talking about like emotional feeling. There are things that made me hold parts of my body in the cinema because things were happening to that body part on the screen that made my sort of like, oh, you know, my entire body go, oh my God, no. You know, it's that sort of reaction you know I, ha I had those reactions but all the way through and I mean 
all the way through, my little brain was going, why isn't this working for me? Why isn't this working for me? And I couldn't work it out. And I, I don't know whether it's a bit like we've just been talking about Russian doll and why that's not working for you. And I wonder whether talking about it helps me process it. I wonder whether it is that surreal element that there were times where I thought oh, I'm in a Z list. No, even Z list. It's like like B movie, but Z movie. There were times where I thought I was in a parody, like a comedic parody of a sci-fi film. And you know, you're saying, "Oh, you understand what why things are happening, and there's a real sense of we're we're traveling with them, and we under." Yes, I didn't. I I think on the second watch, I'd find it easier, and yeah. I could understand why people go back and watch mm. this multiple times. I, I think I probably would watch it again, probably mm. with you, so I could pick things up. Because I think it would... I think I, I would get a lot out of out of a second watch. But I can't say I loved it. And I really wanted to love it. And there were, there were themes in it that I thought were very interesting that you don't tend to see on screen about um, parenting and about relationships and the, the idea of what if you know that that what if i had taken a turn this way and what if i had taken a turn that way and and what would my life look like if i'd made a different decision but i also found the people just to add to my list of things i didn't like i also found the people i didn't like them i didn't like <gasps> the characters sorry um with maybe the exception of the daughter played by stephanie Zhu, is that her surname i, b- I believe so mm. i mean look we we, we might get yeah. pronunciations of names yeah. wrong but, i, I yeah. think she was all the like don't get me wrong i love the acting i i love the acting right i thought the acting was when i thought michelle yo got so much more to do than she typically does like she she looked not glamorous and she looked world-worn and she got to play so many different elements of, you know, a person's life. I really enjoyed seeing her there. I thought everyone did a really, really good job, partic- particularly the actress that played the daughter. And I felt for the daughter, but I I found it hard to root for, for the other characters. And some of the relationship, you know, we, were, we are... I think the film leads us to really try and want people to be together. And I thought that they would be better off not being. And maybe it's my cynical my cynical brain, but I didn't feel that. I didn't feel that emotional pull. <laughs> You'll look really crestfallen. No, no, I no, think it's no, a brilliant, no, Honestly, I think it's a brilliant film. And like I say... I, I could make that argument for five stars, but for me, there was just something. Something just didn't work. Yeah. It's it's four star. It's high four star. Oh, but, okay. But, but something just... You know when you've got that little buzz mm. in the back of your brain the whole time you're watching it and you can't totally give yourself over to it? Mm. That's what it was like for me. It was like a little fly buzzing in the background going, why don't I love this? Okay. I... Okay. 
I we can deal with this as a couple. <laughs> no, um, the first time I watched it, I gave it four and a half stars, so high four. But I acknowledged that on a second watch, I would probably love it, and that's true. The second watch, I was sat there going, I don't remember any of this from the first, from the first, from seeing it a, a week before, and. All I've done is I've come to the conclusion that I was just so happy going along for the ride on the first viewing that I just didn't give a shit that I wasn't picking up on massive, not so much themes, but There's plot points and little details and stuff like that. I, I can think, think about if I, I can rewind the film in my head and yeah. go, ah, oh, right, that's why that was happening. Oh, I didn't quite understand that at the time and now yes. I, can, I can thread it all together. Yeah. I mean, someone has sat... In terms of this, but it's it's the Daniels, isn't it? Who di- yeah, who directed Daniels, it? Yeah. I don't, who did Swiss Army Man? Who I don't know who did they write it as well? I believe so. Yeah. So they have sat with their post-it notes and a great big, you know, it almost and actually at times it did really remind me of Edgar Wright, Edgar Wright esque Simon Pegg, you know, it, it, Cornetto trilogy. Absolutely. Where you and I've seen some documentaries about how they did sort of Shaun the Dead and the other films. Mm where they've got their post-it notes out and they're making the links and they're making the connections and they're doing things so that on the seventh watch, you might just pick up that tiny little thing that's in the left-hand corner. Yeah. They have totally done that with this this film. So I respect it. I respect it as a film, but I didn't love it. Okay. Can we do a spoiler section? Because I've got a few things I need to pick you up on on your okay. comments. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool, okay, okay. Um, but... Yeah, I, they are they are spoiler heavy. Okay, and also I think it's gonna be fun to talk about a few things. And fine, yeah. I'm gonna go put a light on because it's got really dark while we're recording. Okay, well, should we? Yes, play a bit of music while we're uh, going through to spoiler corner. If you are leaving us here. It is a huge recommendation from me for everything, everywhere, all at once. And me, don't forget about me. Well, Elaine, yeah. Yeah, it is. It's a really strong recommendation. Mm. I think people will love it. I think it's a brilliantly made piece of film work, but yeah. Go watch it and then come back and listen to me take apart, like, have take apart some of Elaine's views in this. Yeah, but now at least you can do it in some beautiful lighting, darling. <laughs> yes, yes. I'll the lights are now on. Yeah. <laughs> Go on then. Spoilers here, Ryan. So, why in the second multiverse film in a row is it you sympathising with the person (laughs) who is revealed to be the bad guy? Because I don't think she is a bad guy. I don't think the daughter is a bad guy at all. Um, I think the film makes that really, really explicit, actually. I think the mother is terrible, I re- genuinely, I think the father is ineffectual, um, and I think the mother is is a really toxic parent. She's homophobic. She doesn't support her daughter at all. The daughter is clearly in some sort of deep depression. You know, we come to sort of see that throughout the co- course of the film. And I'm not just having to go at Michelle Yeoh's character. I th- I think the the father is is weak, and the. And and I don't I didn't feel that they the 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 parents should should be together, and therefore I I saw the the daughter uh, Joy the daughter's name called Joy I completely forgot that um the the daughter Joy I saw her actually you know having the time of her life 
playing these different parts, you know, being these multiversal characters. And I really enjoyed that. But she is also going (laughs) through the multiverse, trying to destroy everything. Well, yeah, I kind of see her point. I do kind of... I think there's a... Genuinely, um, without sort of a comedy factor, I think the film has a lot to say about about mental health. And Absolutely. I, I, I think there's, there's a real thread about depression in particular yeah. and, and a black cloud and feeling that you... That there's actually um, there's references to suicide in terms of not wanting to go on and what, mm. what, and not wanting to be here. So I think there is some, there's something else in there as well. And... I thought that was very powerful. But yeah, I, I just... I didn't find them likeable. Oh, well, no, I think they are... I, I, I totally agree. I mean, they are... They are flawed protagonists of the film. Two amazing... Three amazing performances from the from the whole family. I mean, Michelle Yeoh is a national treasure of certainly Eastern cinema. Um, and she's... Oh, she's broken in and done some really, really good American things. Um, and Tomorrow Never Dies. Um, <laughs> oh, I like Tomorrow. I love the song. <laughs> but she is she. Give her the Oscar now because I think she pulls this will, it off so this will well. Not, this will not get nominated for Oscars. Oh, or do you think that Ooh. that's right? Okay. Okay. Oh, oh. do you want to come back do, and do, haunt do, me? Yeah, I think this will get at I least. I think this will win Oscars. It doesn't normally... I don't think films like this normally get picked up by Oscar. I would say this is probably... this. I, if anything else gets best original screenplay, I would be amazed. I think it will probably get two acting nods. Oh, right, okay. I think Michelle Yeoh. Yeah. I think... And then one of... Yeah. I, I wouldn't be surprised if both, but mm-hmm. um, Kei Hui Kwan for... Yeah. I mean... Can we talk about him? Just where oh, he's yeah, been yeah. all sit for the past yeah, well, twenty I'm, years. I know because obviously, um, our friend Chris Allen, hello Chris, who creates the IJ in the UK section for the IndieCast. We've had Chris on the podcast before when Harrison mm. Ford do 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 <laughs> came to our local Keyside. <laughs> uh, weirdly, so I know that Kihu Kwan went to into produ- the production side of things. Obviously, he's yes. a brilliant martial artist, and he's done a lot of the um, behind the scenes and the the fighting. The fighting. Work. I mean, I yeah. don't know the the terms. I'm the, the fighting work. Like you know, yeah. like I know what I'm talking about. But yeah, he's done a lot of that fight choreography. Action. Yeah. yeah, and that comes across obviously some of the the fight scene with the with the bum bag with the yeah just oh, the, the, the fanny pack yeah. <laughs> Just amazing, yeah. Um, and like, it's so good to see him back. Like, yeah. It's, uh, like, and I, I did like the bit where he got to glam up as well because they really, they, they, they do not do him any service with, you know, he's wearing his bum bag, he's wearing these terrible clothes, his hair's all, you know, and then actually when you see him in the suit, in the suit and the hair and the glam, I thought, wow, he looks I'd, amazing. I'd, 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 I'd do laundry with him. Yeah, and, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, Oh, I mean, that's such a hard... The way he delivers that line, I'd be, I'd have been happy just doing laundry with you. Yeah. It's or whatever it is. I'm yeah, paraphrasing. And, and yeah, maybe I'm maybe I'm being a bit harsh, but I just I felt that relate. I maybe I needed to see more from that relationship. I need to see more of a connection growing between the two of them because it it seemed to come quite late. This whole idea that oh, her husband has kindness and that's how she should. 
No, I think she. No, I don't think. I don't think that relationship is necessarily even that redeemed by the end of the. Okay. Well. Oh well. Please. Um, That because I was thinking, should they really be together? No. Well, I mean, I think. I think that's kind of certainly one way that you can look at that is that they aren't. They aren't good together, and Mm. yeah. um, Because at the end, when she's going to see Jamie Lee Curtis, who we haven't talked about. (laughs) When she's going to see her, they're like having a kiss before, you know, it does seem that everything's sort of getting better between them. Okay, yeah, you yeah. Know, when they when they're about to go and see her again. and But is that not... It felt a bit forced and a bit, you know, that's but, what I mean. Yeah, you know? okay. Yeah. Um, mm, okay. <laughs> so, can we talk about the alternate world? I want to yeah. know what works for you and what doesn't. Okay, are you going to talk to me about the rocks? Oh, or... Let's start, let's start with sausage fingers. <laughs> yeah, I mean, no, it's not for me. I I I didn't find it funny. Lots of people around me were finding it funny. I didn't find it funny, but again, it's. I mean, honestly, I appreciate the humor. I understand why it's funny, and I I really liked the idea behind it. Uh, more about. Because she's told Jamie Lee Curtis she loved her earlier on. Yes. And therefore this multiverse was where they were in love and they were together. And I thought, oh, that's clever. But two people with, like, hot dog fingers, like, swinging their hot dog fingers around. (laughs) I know you've got a lovely happy face on, but... It's it's, just silly. It's just silly. It's just silly. It is just silly. The rocks worked better for me because I thought that was more of a piece of art. Yeah. And I thought the silence and what they were saying to each other mm. and that fi- final bit of the, you know, her sort of rolling off the mat. I thought that that worked on so many levels and the it was more about the sound design and that yes. really worked for me. Mm. Which which other multiverses do you want to talk to me about? Raku and Tui? Again, it's just I didn't understand when she went into the into the thing, and then he had a raccoon on his head. I knew where it came from. It's obviously from the mispronunciation uh, of Matatui. Yeah. But why? Why was that? I just don't. Because know. they put in a joke that's just a funny joke about yeah. someone thinking Ratatui was actually mm-hmm. something with a raccoon instead of a rat, and then they showed the universe where that is a real thing. Yes. And, and she's a chef. And she's a chef. And Mike Chang from Glee is a expert chef, and then it's later revealed that he has he's actually being controlled by a raccoon. Bizarre. Randy Newman yeah, yeah, plays yeah. the voice of the raccoon and wrote an original song for this. Okay. Oh god. And like again, I understand the meaning behind, I understand why it's in there. But like the whole thing about the bagel, that was the bit that I really I really lost the plot at the bagel thing, and I again I get the theme. I get the everything bagel. We've been to New York. I've had an an, an everything bagel. Mm. You know they do. They throw everything at it. Lovely. But All it's really hair, got is three different and, things on the top yeah, of it. You know, it's not. But it just felt to me like you know what it really reminded me of. It reminded me of Blackadder's Christmas Carol, where he goes to the future. And he's in a, a like a loincloth. And hail to you, my triple yes. husband, Oid. Yes. That is what 
it did for me. That is what I was thinking of the whole time, thinking this is parody, this is madness. And it didn't feel, it didn't feel like a film. It just felt like a, a clip off a show like that. I do feel the reason we got married was because I can quote Blackadder's Christmas Carol off the, yeah. without even See, thinking about it. I love it. I love Blackadder's yeah. Christmas Carol, but that's, that's a tiny little bit of it. I, so the Everything Bagel was a joke which didn't necessarily work for me. But, I mean, I moved on and I'll... Like, well, I, I think found... if you if you like the other bits of it, like the raccoon, you know, if you're you're appreciating all those other bits, then you're going to like that as well, because mm. it's all part of the same tonal piece, and it's something that I find very difficult. You see, this is the problem, and I don't... <laughs> oh, sorry, is this a problem with me? No, or is it a problem I... generally? I don't understand why, if this big chunk of this film didn't work for you, mm-hmm. why you're giving it a high four? Because. I understand that it is that it is interesting and innovative and creative and I respect it for what it's done but I don't love it that's what I'm saying it like it it I'm not sitting here now going god I love that bit with the bagel or oh wow that raccoon thing I'm going to be thinking about that for ages I think the the thing that really stayed with me was the fact that by the next day I'd forgotten about the film Interesting. I ha- wasn't thinking about it at all. And I'd moved on to something else. So respect, not love. It's what I'm going to come back to over and over again because that's the only way I can describe it. How did you find the slow-mo shot of someone with a trousers down going to... Yeah, I don't know. I'd see that. Mm. I mean, everyone in the city thought that was really funny because it's rude and there's a butt plug in it. But for me, it... I, it just didn't really make much sense. I also didn't... Like, this, this may be where my my head is. I didn't understand why they pixelated it. Why have they... I think it would be funnier if if it wasn't pixelated. Oh, I don't think so. I think it's funnier the fact that it is pixelated. Oh, I wasn't entirely, I, yeah. entirely sure. You just want to see sure a cock. No, no, that's not not that. Actually, more, well, you would see more of the bum, wouldn't you? But no, it wasn't that at all. It wasn't to be salacious. I just kind of thought, well, it wouldn't be pixelated in real life so why is it pixelated for the for the film if you're gonna do that you might as well just go for it do you know what i mean like why uh, why center it at that point if you're if you're gonna make that sort of joke i think it's funny pixelated okay that's that's my yeah 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 but yeah no it wasn't i didn't find it funny but i understood why others would and i understood the meaning behind it in this whole idea you've got to do something that's unusual yes to like get these powers from another multiverse and like the bit that i was referring to before with the physical thing that really went through me was that thing with the paper cuts in the hat in the, in yes. the thing. i held on to the web in between my my fingers i think everyone did that i couldn't bear that and you could you could really feel the cinema sort of go go with you funnily enough um just to come off this isn't a spoiler but when i'm thinking about it Funny enough, I had two older women next door to me as well. Not directly next door. They were sort of in front and along a bit. And again, I had that awful, slightly ageist, actually. Yeah, I felt quite bad, yeah. Of, 
oh, I think they're in the wrong film. Yeah. I wonder if they they know. And they didn't know. They've because... come for Operation Mincemeat and yeah. uh, got yeah. it wrong. Because when the, when the subtitles started, they started chatting to each other almost to kind of explain. And I did think, oh, is this what I'm going to have? I'm going to be hearing a little bit of a whisper. And there was a little bit of toing and froing and a bit of sort of, you know, turning the heads to each other. But in a sort of like, oh, what are we watching sort, sort of way. Hmm. There is a point part way through the film, I think it's about an hour or so in, where it does almost like a false exit and it, it's like a film within a film, yes. isn't it? And yeah. the credits or the, the credits in inverted commas come up and they got up to go. <laughs> and I remember thinking, this is not the end of the end of the film. And then they had to sit down again, and so that that entertained me um, mm. a little bit. But they seem they seem to enjoy just like your two ladies. They they seem to enjoy it, and the rest of the audience, you could feel things like the paper cut thing. You could feel everyone going, yeah. but there wasn't a lot of laughing. There was more sort of like what is, what are we watching? That sort of murmur of this is odd, rather than than anything else. Have you heard any stories about how this is done at the American box office? No, I have not. I've, you know what? I've not listened to many reviews, which again, it kind of, okay, kind of indicates to me that that it hasn't stayed with me in a way that I think that it should. Having, you know, having having watched it and having mm. understood what it's about and knowing all of the good things about it, I haven't then gone out and gone. Oh, what what does everyone think? What does everyone think? And that's telling. Okay. What, how's it done? How's it done? So this has been a phenomenon in the, the American box office. Mm. Um, it's like it's a low budget film. It was made for twenty five million dollars, which is tiny for the spectacle and the, the the scale of the film. But so this did one of the things where it opened like to like ten theaters in New York and California, probably. Then opened up a little bit further and a little bit further. So when it went wide after on its third week. It was open to like six million, say. It then did so well that it doubled its screens and went actually went up in takings, which is unheard of. Like even when you open up to more screenings, typically you will see a small loss the next week. Normally somewhere between sort of a thirty percent drop and a sixty percent drop is normal for a film just week on week. This has been drop in 12%. Oh, it's okay. been adding 2.2% in its 6th and 7th mm. week. Um, it's been going down like 6%. It's got the legs of very, very few films like it. Um, it's made its money back already, which is so good because I want films like this to be made. Mm, yeah, um, yeah, it will carry on making a absolute fortune i suspect through streaming and because this has got the multiple watch factor yeah um i just want to watch the uh, i just want to watch on slow motion the scenes where it's her face and it's cut into different things and stuff like that i mean when you say you don't want to see the these daft worlds. You did say you wanted to spend more time in the paint world in Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. Yeah, Marvelous. I mean, you know what? It's two very different films. Two very, very different films with different themes. Mm. I know people are comparing and contrasting them because they're multiverse films. Yeah. I don't feel the need to do that. I think they're, they're two completely separate vehicles with two completely separate ideas behind them. 
but we're and on the I, internet. Like, we need to compare things and but tell I like that. which I one's like good and which one's bad. I like the fact that you bad. can have a multiverse film that's over here and you can have a multiverse film that's over there. And you might not want the same thing in in both of them. That's fine. I wanted to spend more time in the worlds that Doctor Strange showed me, but I didn't necessarily want to spend more time in, let's say, the Alphaverse in everything, everywhere, all at once, because that looked like Red Dwarf to me. And again, comedy, didn't get it. So, yeah. How many episodes of Red Dwarf have you seen? Oh, quite a few. I have tried. It just, yeah, it hasn't, it didn't work Mm -hmm. for me. Come on, it's, yeah, you're not surprised, truly. I loved Red Dwarf. Exactly, exactly, that's what I mean. Yeah. Anyway, we've talked about this. For way too long. Much longer than we thought we were going to. I didn't think we were going to do a spoiler section, but we've ended up doing it. Let's bring it to a close and you can carry on asking me questions throughout the evening. It's got so dark we've had to put the lights on, Mark. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> I think it's time to uh, to wrap up for the night. Okay. Well, thank you for listening. Thank you, everyone. If you would like to follow us on Instagram or Twitter, we are at the Honeymoon Pod. And if you would like to leave us a review or a star rating, anywhere you can leave reviews or star ratings, that'd be much appreciated. Yeah, that'd be wonderful. Thank you. What's next? Oh, um, do 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 not my best one, but that is my representation. Hanging with the boys. Are you? Oh, my my favorite thing about Top Gun, right, is that for probably about thirty five years, I thought he was singing "I Went to the Danger Zone," but it's not. It's Highway to the Danger Zone. Does it make more sense though? I went to the Danger Zone. No. He's gonna take a ride into the Danger Zone. Um. Yeah, it's Top Gun. It's Top Gun Maverick, Mr. Cruise. He's in a plane. We're going to see it this weekend. Goose isn't going to be in it. <laughs> he might. <laughs> yeah, he might. Do you think there'll be like a ghost of Goose? I would love that Maverick. if Anthony Edwards appeared like in a circle in the corner. <laughs> yeah. Use the Maverick. force. Use that thing where you <laughs> r- rise up and you go put on the air brake, air brake to go behind them, <laughs> yeah. Maverick. Yeah, we're going to go. So I'm, I'm really excited. I um, hope that happens yeah, now. Yeah. yeah, I know. So do I. Well, come back and find out, everyone. <laughs> right, see we'll soon. see you next time. Bye. Bye.